HP for the race. Very early iframe, so that's going to be a big setback there, but MVP is not the one we're worried about. They're just a setback here for TSM. Who is going to do it? TSM, you're your champion. They take him down, and that is a full wipe. And now here's your host, Ryan Miller and Austin Curl. This is Pred Talk, the premier Apex Legends podcast. I am Austin Crow, your co-host today. I am joined today by Ryan Miller for episode two. Ryan, how are you thrilled to be here? I am thrilled to be here, Austin. Episode two? Come on. We got an action-packed show today, and uh, we're going to be actually having our first ever guest on the show today. I am hyped about that. So am I. It should be a good one. I think so as well. Well... Ryan, let's get into headlines. Ryan, what is your headline? You're either Predator or Prey in the Arena. Get a drop on your slow-moving foes with Octane Edition, featuring an exclusive Legend skin and a silky set of themed cosmetics, and a stash of Apex coins to consume however you please. All right, guys, so do you guys remember the Bloodhound and Lifeline uh, packs that came out? Well, Octane has got his own now. So it comes with a legendary Arachnoid Rush Octane skin, a legendary Arachnoid Charge Rifle skin, exclusive Violet Widow Gun Charm, exclusive Venomous Badge, and 1,000 Apex coins. So this is really interesting. Octane's been a very, very popular character since he came out, and I'm, I'm extremely excited to see he's getting some more love as far as like the actual company goes. Yeah, I agree with that. This set, of course, is $20. It'll follow the price point that the Lifeline and Bloodhound cosmetics did follow. The one thing I will say is I do wonder if the charge rifle will have, like, cheat code iron sights because I did purchase the Bloodhound pack, and that came with the Prowler skin, and the iron sights on that is already essentially an HCOG one times on that. It's just it's kind of overpowered, but that's kind of like a pay-to-win skin, I would say. Uh, if it has that, and then then you can pair that with the Charge Rifle Prowler, two guns that you only need iron sights on. That, in my opinion, is a huge thing. Yeah, that... Well, not just that. Like, I've seen the pictures of, like, the skins and everything, and they look pretty cool. But I'm just wondering, for Octane, why'd they choose the Charge Rifle? Cause yeah. He, I'm not too sure why they chose Charge Rifle. I could see maybe because they did go the Prowler and the Flatline in the past two packs. That's an AR and a submachine gun. Right. But the thing with Octane is he's so fast-paced and everything. And when you're sniping, unless you're, like, really, really good at getting your shots off quick and hitting them, a lot of times you're kind of setting up that shot and you're trying to you're trying to make sure that you line it up correctly. And that just, to me, it doesn't fit the theme of Octane. I mean, I, I would agree with that, but at the same time, if you look at it in, from my perspective, the way that it's been with the Tier 110 rewards the past few seasons, and it seemed like the Peacekeeper got one the, the in Season 3, and a season before that, I believe it was the R301. So there hasn't really been a sniper cosmetic that you can unlock or pay to unlock that looks really cool. And this one, in my opinion, for the charge rifle, a gun that I don't normally use, is very, very cool, in my opinion. I mean, it does look really, really good. And you make some good points. But I feel like since they nerfed it 
in season three, not very many people pick it up anymore. So maybe is this like a way that they're trying to get the charge rifle to be used more again by giving it a cool new skin with this octane pack? It seems like that's kind of what they're trying to do. And if you're if they do with uh, you were talking about with the iron sight where it's essentially like a cheat code, then I have a feeling a lot more people will pick that up right away. I would agree with that, but uh, we don't want to spend too much time in headlines. So I'll go to my headline, and it also involves Octane. Reddit user that mining guy has recently found in the developer notes an Octane heirloom that, while he doesn't know what it looks like, it does appear as if it's some sort of blade or like a knife, maybe some sort of like sword. And I don't know how that really fits in with Octane. I would have thought if he was going to get an heirloom, it would be his little... His little wrench thing? Yeah. His adjustable wrench, which I think would make more sense than a blade. But, I mean, I guess he doesn't exactly know what it looks like yet, so maybe they're just testing out the blade right now, and then they might switch over to the adjustable wrench it's just like every time he loads up he you know he's like fixing his leg and everything with the adjustable wrench it just makes more sense yeah and i i totally agree with that like if you look at the heirloom for lifeline of course a lot of her intros involve her playing on her health drone as if it's the drum and one of her finishers she even has a drumstick so that one was like no brainer like of course it's going to be that the boxing gloves were no-brainer. The the Wraith knife, that's been in the game since the start. So, I mean, that one makes the most sense, obviously. And the Bloodhound Axe, that one was kind of a surprise. I didn't think Bloodhound would be the second character to get an heirloom. I do have that heirloom on Xbox. That heirloom is so cool. And it is the coolest heirloom, in my opinion. I also have the Lifeline heirloom on Xbox. I did get lucky and get that in a pack. But I think that those two are cool i don't really care for the boxing gloves too much i just think they look weird on his hands in my opinion i just don't like the way he runs with them but uh the one thing i'm wondering too now now that we know that the octane pack is coming out and the octane uh heirloom is coming out are they going to do another like spider theme with the heirloom it's gonna have something to do with spiders again i don't know i think it, i think it definitely could because they're pushing Octane right now. I think Octane could be in line for a, a buff as well, in my opinion. He's a character that I do believe needs some sort of buff. Just the way that he is, yes, he's fast-paced, and yes, he regens his own health. I think he needs one more thing to make him an extremely viable option when you look at the, the characters that are out now. But, however, that's going to do it for headlines. But when we come back... We're going to have our first call-in ever, Emily. And she's going to talk to us about storyline and the direction that we think is going, as well as a little bit of her meta and the way that she plays. This is Ryan Miller reporting for Pred Talk. Starting tomorrow through February 24th, in addition to World's Edge, Season 1 King's Canyon will be available to play. Austin, how do you feel about that? Is that going to be the map with the Leviathans or no? Uh, I don't think it's the one with the Leviathans. I didn't play in Season 1, but I'm pretty sure Season 1 there were no Leviathans. Well, that would be fire, in my opinion, and I think that's going to bring some people back because 
around the time season three came, that new map came, and that's when a lot of people stopped playing, I feel. And I feel like we're gonna touch on that in a later segment, so I don't wanna spoil too much. I should have known that fighting me is preposterous, dumb. English, do you speak it? Welcome back to segment one, guys, and we're going to be talking about the storyline. But first, we are joined by our first ever call-in, Emily. Emily, are you excited to be here? I'm so excited to be here on Fred Talk. All right, so first thing we're going to be talking about is the storyline. And I'm going to have Austin start with the storyline. Austin, where do you think the storyline is going? I could see the storyline going sort of towards uh, Rosie slash Loba, who wants revenge for on Revenant for killing her parents. And I think that that is the direction that it's headed based on the trailer I saw. Emily... Do you feel the same way? Where do you feel the storyline is headed here? Yeah, I feel the same way, and I think it's really interesting what Apex is is moving to do with the storyline, where now they're releasing these trailers that incorporate the storyline more into the gameplay. And I think that, especially with them teasing Loba or Rosie at the time when Revenant was coming out, uh, makes it seem that she's definitely coming out in you know in the near future. So do you think Rosie or Loba could be coming out when – we'll talk on the rank split later, but when the rank split comes out, do you think she can come out then? Because it's been a year now that Apex has been out. Do you think that's going to happen, or do you think they're going to wait till Season 5? I think it could go either way. So based on the trends, you know, there's been one legend per season. But I also think that Apex now, you know, we're a year in. It's In a sense, Season 4 is a big season for them because, you know, they had waited – Season 3 was an extra long season um, compared to the seasons before and even compared to season 4 now. And I think that um, what makes sense to me is that there's a split incorporated, especially for ranked, for a reason. Not only are they changing maps, but it is possible that the meta could be changing, which indicates to me that it is possible for Loba to be coming out uh, in the middle of the season. But I could also see her coming out in season 5. So what about Forge? Do you think he's officially dead? Or do you think he's going to come out maybe in a later season? Um, I don't know for sure. I know that some of the developers have said, no, he's gone, like, gone, gone. But also we know that Hammond Robotics, um, which is the, you know, the company that Revenant works for, um, they have this ability, this technology for, like, the simulacrum program, which is what Revenant was involved in, right, where he was a human and they brought him back as a, you know, a, a robot, I guess. And so it's possible that, you know, in my mind, maybe they can do the same thing for Forge. I, I guess I don't know. I will have to see. And I agree with Forge. I, I believe the storyline, there's two different ways that it's going right now in terms of, like, the fans arguing over it. And I personally believe that Forge was not the actual Forge that was killed I believe that Hammond Robotics is hiding the actual Forge, and I believe he will come out after Rosie slash Loba, and they will both seek revenge on Revenant for attempting to kill 
Forge, as well as Loba's parents, which he successfully killed Loba's parents. The thing with Forge that I think, like, to me, I think he's going to come back because they released his ultimate, his passives, and, like, all his abilities and everything, and they had this little storyline going for him, and then just to kill him off just so they could put Revenant in there, I think maybe they set Forge up for a later date. And that's what I think they did in terms of, like, when they had that meeting, I guess I'll call it, on YouTube Live when they were talking about the one-year anniversary of Apex. I think they just wanted to surprise the fans a little bit because a lot of people had found stuff for Revenant, and he was teased around the time of the Halloween event, um, considering he was the voice um, that you heard then. And... I think a lot of people knew Revenant was coming, but then when they said, no, Forge is coming, everybody was like, who's Forge? Like, it was kind of like a surprise element. But now, you have people wanting Forge to come back, and I, I personally do believe that we will see Forge in the future. I mean, who knows with this season? There was even a tweet from one of the game developers that came out that who says we don't release more than more than one legend per season and that could have been a reference to them originally saying forge and now it's revenant or it could be you know a potential tease for like i said at the split putting something else or putting someone else in the game so the storyline's going in it could go in a few ways and no matter which way they take it it's going to be interesting they've done a really good job with the storyline so far but let's break apart from the storyline since we got you on the phone emily let's ask i want to ask you a few questions um first who's who do you main I am a Watson main. Nice. And do you have, like, a specific reasoning for that? Like, her ultimate, anything like that? Or uh, Yeah, so I, so I started out as a Bangalore main, I think, like, you know, before even the Battle Pass came out, and then probably, like, season one, two. Yeah, seasons one and two. And really, at the start of season three, with the map change, um, I tried out Watson in a few games, and I was... I don't know what it was about her. Uh, I think it's just the ability that you can protect yourself with her fences. So that's obviously off the bat. Like, you know, you're protecting yourself just as well as Caustic. Um, and then also her ultimate is just really useful because it does multiple things. It's like multi-purpose. Not only can you charge your shield while you're, you know, within the pylon radius, but you block grenades and you block, uh, like, the Gibraltar and Bangor ultimates, the Caustic gas, anything that they throw at you which is just really helpful, I think, in terms of being a, um, like, a trapper. Um, also, I just really love her personality. So the more I've played with her, I feel like you learn, you know, you learn different tricks for the legends, and uh, I just find her really, really useful. So I like playing her. I've played with her all through Season 3, and even now in Season 4, I haven't switched. I think I'll be a Watsoning for quite a while. Well, she's extremely useful for ranked too, right? We touched on this in the last episode, but if when you're playing ranked, if you're really trying to get like as far in ranked as you can get, you're playing for placement points more than kills. And Watson's one of those characters where you can use her to get like more placement points because right. it's harder for people yeah. to get into your house if that's where you're bunkering up at. Um, like you said, ultimates don't really do anything if you got that pylon up. So yeah, for ranked, she's in my opinion, like, top three I, I think, legends. yeah, I would say she's one of the strongest characters for ranks, and I think the other thing that makes her, you know, more useful in certain situations over, you know, maybe like a Caustic, whose traps are also extremely powerful, 
It's just the fact that uh, your teammates can run in and out without being slowed, whereas if you have a teammate, even the friendly caustic, uh, if you get in their gas, you can't see and you're slowed, which is unfortunate, and I think that needs to be fixed. But for the time being, um, it's definitely a downside to playing caustic as opposed to playing Watson. Okay, so you're a Watson main. So what is your preferred loadout? I usually run an R301 and a G7. Um, the R301 can be, you know, a little variable. But if I can get my hands on my preferred guns, that would be my loadout. Okay, so I know a lot of people, like a lot of people that I know that play Apex, when they run the R301, they run the one to two times. What site do you run on that R301? I, I usually try to run the two times HCOG. That's the exact same site I use. I use that one for the G7 too. Uh, what do you use for your G7? For the G7, I use the three times HCOG. And then double tap or no double tap? Uh, I love the double tap. I know that's a lot of people I play with, a lot of my friends don't like it. Um, but personally, I feel like I've played with it so much just because that is like the gun that I normally run that. If you can hit your shots with a double tap, it is extremely strong. And so I really enjoy running it with the double tap. And honestly, I find that I'm better with the double tap than without. Nice. So what else, Austin? Let's see. I forget the question. I guess we can ask the question of what what legend would you prefer to play with when you're playing as your main Watson? Ooh, are we talking ranked or are we talking like casual? We'll talk about, we'll talk about, we'll touch on both of those. How about? I think a rank situation with Watson, probably at least a Pathfinder or a Wraith or both, because I think they're, you know, they're really good for mobility. Octane's good for mobility, but usually when you can use the jump pad, you have to be out in the open, whereas with a Pathfinder, you know, you can set the zip line, you can jump up and down on the zip line so people can't hit you. And also, race portal is really, really useful because, you know, as soon as you take that portal, you first of all, you're moving faster. Second of all, you can't get hit while you're in the portal. So I think that makes it a really, really strong option, especially with Watson. If you're worried about somebody, you know, following you through the portal, you just set up a fence, like, right through the portal. And if they come through, they're stunned. Boom, you hit them because you know they're there since it sends you, you know, an alert. Um, so I definitely, I definitely like playing with uh, race. Uh, like I said before, it can. I think there's a, a lot of downsides with having a Caustic and a Watson on the team. There's a lot of good things because you're extremely protected, but uh, the Watson pylon blocks the Caustic ultimate. If they're standing within the pylon radius and they try to throw it at another team, it will just get eaten by the friendly Watson pylon, which is unfortunate. Um, and also, like I said, you can't necessarily see through the gas, so you might know somebody came in through your fence, but you can't hit them because you can't see them. So I don't know necessarily about that. I don't really care to play with Mirage. Uh, I just don't find that it's super useful in team play. Gibby is definitely a good option. Um, but I, I think the number one person I like having on the team with a Watson is a Wraith. I like having a Wraith uh, with Watson, too, because I've been trying to play more Watson myself. But I, I do really like having a Pathfinder, especially if I can actually talk to the person. And we can communicate because the Pathfinder, you can use the survey beacon and find out where the next ring is. And I find that extremely right. helpful with the Watson because then we can get into position and get bunkered down and get ready. Oh, absolutely. I think the other one that's kind of, I mean, I don't see him a lot in casual, but he could be really useful for, for ranked is Crypto because 
you know, if you can go out and, sur- and survey, like, the building that you want to move to, you know, send the drone out and check out which building that is in the zone that you're trying to move to, then, boom, you know it's safe to move. You guys can move. You can get set up in the new one, and he can still be checking out the area to make sure that you, you're safe, you know? Also, I think, uh, I don't think a lot of people know, but if you use Crypto's drone, you can go up to um, the, like, electronic banners in the game. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but it'll display, like, champion squad or kill leader squad or whatever. And if you bring the drone up to that, it will tell you um, which, like, how many enemy teams are within a certain radius of, of your team or of the drone, which I think could be really helpful for ranked two. But that being said, I don't see him played a lot, so. I mean, Crypto is... He's a legend that I don't play very much, but I do think he's very valuable, like he said. Um, I don't really see anybody playing him either, and I'm not 100% sure why. I guess the only thing I could see is maybe because then your crypto is basically out of the fight when they're using their drone. Yeah. And then it's if they have a full squad, it's a 3v2. But we're going to have to wrap up this segment. Uh, we'll see you guys in segment two. premier apex legends podcast i am your host austin cole and we are in segment two we'll be talking about some ranked now ryan i know you love ranked you might get master class i don't think you're gonna be a predator we just don't have enough time to play for predator so let's get right into it what is master class so basically master class is kind of like apex predator last season because apex predator now is only for the top 500 players on each platform which is exactly why i'm not getting to predator it is possible to get to master uh, master class tier though, and if you're not like if you're not like top of the top and kind of like a shroud or something, you're not gonna really be getting predator. And what you should be really aiming for is that master class. You know, Apex. Is, what they're trying to do is create a true measure of skill in Apex Legends. This came straight from the developers as well. It's actually found on Apex Legends um, official website. And as of January 10th of 2020, the distribution among players who played more than five hours of ranked is 3.9 for bronze, 29.1 for silver, 35.3 for gold, 23.6 for platinum, 7.1 for diamond, and 1.0 for Apex Predator. To me, 1% of all players hitting Apex Predator, that's a little insane to me. So it's very easy for me to see why this reset comes and why we're now having master tier instead of apex predator and predator going for only the top 500 players on each console yeah it's i like what they're doing there they're really trying to separate the player like the average player from the players who are the most committed and a player who like so basically to get Predator, you have to be a full-time like gamer. You have to play like be seriously committed to Apex Legends and whether that's like your job like uh back off my janks who's a YouTuber who does that or if you're a Twitch streamer or somebody like Shroud stuff like that. 
really that's the only way you're getting to Predator. I agree with that. There is one person in particular that comes to mind when I think, oh, maybe he gets a Predator. Maybe. And that's iTemp Plays, a, a YouTuber who has a regular job. He's just like us. All he does is he's very good at playing Apex Legends, and he doesn't do it full-time, but I do think that he could get to Predator if he played ranked every day instead of normal games. True, and like last season, I because I watched him too, last season, he didn't start playing ranked until close to about halfway through the season, and then all of a sudden he got to Predator. Like He's just that good, and he understands Apex better than a lot of people do. And a lot of these like players that you see now, I don't think they understand the game as well as him. They've just played it more, so they've got more accustomed to it than he has. Because he does have that regular job. So while he's at his regular job, they're playing Apex all day and making videos and stuff like that. He goes to his job, and then he comes home and plays some Apex. Like He just understands the game better. And there's a real chance that he can get to Predator. And, of course, he plays on PS4, which is what I play on. So uh, maybe I should hit up items. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. But maybe he can I help mean, me get to Predator. you can always shoot your shot, right? I mean, yeah, I could. I don't think he's going to respond, though. But he's, he's a busy man. Uh, yeah. But moving back, going back to last season, of course, we can quickly touch on some things that are still the same based on last season's ranked, or excuse me, the series of ranked, I should say. It's not very. It's not considered a season. It's a series. However, the matchmaking based on ranked points is still working well for ranked ladder climbing. So they're not going to touch that for now. Um, the one thing they did do is they did split the map halfway through this season, and I think a lot of people are going to be very excited about this because. Guess what's coming back? It's not a new map. It's an old map. The first ever map. King's Canyon, boys. I am super hyped about that. I'm only going to be playing ranked when that comes out. I'm definitely getting a master class on that map. I mean, I'm trying to play only ranked as it is right now because I do want to try and get to that master tier. Um, I played some duos, though, just because duos is a lot of fun. But with the map change, for a lot of people they stopped playing at the start of Season 3 because of the new map. They're like, oh, I don't like this map. Now they're not playing. Then they hear King's Canyon is coming back. <clears throat> Excuse me. King's Canyon is coming back in the middle of the rank season. Now they're coming back to it. You're bringing back a lot of the players who quit because of World's Edge. And I think it's a really smart tactic on their part. And the people who did stick through it and are playing on World's Edge still, I can almost guarantee that they're all going to be playing ranked. And they're going to be wanting to go back to Kings Canyon. So I think it was a very smart move on their part. Another change that I just actually found, I did not know about this. However, there are now party restrictions when you play ranked. Once you hit platinum and higher, you can only party with players one tier different from you. Of course, that means if you're in, if you're in platinum, you can either team up with diamond or gold players. You cannot play with a bronze player. So that encourages you to play with a pre-built squad and all rank up the same. Not just that, that helps with the skills-based matchmaking, huh? It keeps players at the same skill. Because if you have somebody who's bronze and they're playing with a platinum player in ranked, most of the people on ranked are very competitive. So if you're bronze, 
you're basically dragging your team down. They're not going to get like they're not going to rank up nearly as quick because you're not as good as the other players that are there. So you're going down quicker and making your squad take fights that maybe they didn't want to take or that they shouldn't take and put them at a disadvantage. And I think maybe part of what that goes back to is everybody dashboarding last season as soon as as soon as they went down because they felt like they weren't as good as some of the players in their match because you could have a Predator play with a bronze player, for instance. And that's just not fun for the bronze player. They're just going to go down super quick because, especially if a newer player, they're not that good at Apex yet. They're still learning. They can't hold their own in a fight against three Predators. Right, and... I agree with that, and I like that. And even if it's not Predator, if it's like Diamond or Platinum or whatever, like, yeah, the new Bronze player is not going to be able to really rank up that quickly because they're just going to be going down very quickly because all the players that they're playing against have been playing for a long time and they are accustomed to the game and they know the mechanics of the game better than the Bronze player. So I, I do like that. I think that was that was a good change. Let's talk about the changes to the assists in rank because assists are super helpful. You get 10 points per assist. Of course, that's when you help kill someone. The assist timer has been changed from 5 seconds to 7.5 seconds. And when a player, what happened before season four, a player would use a healing item like a syringe or a shield cell and it would clear an assist credit. That is no longer the case. Also, Mirage's Decoy, Crypto's EMP, and Pathfinder's Graph will now give assist credit, even if they deal no damage. Bloodhound's Scan and Crypto's Passive now give assist credit if a player dies while having that status effect on them. And for 7.5 seconds after the, the status effect runs out, kill scoring and placement scoring is going to remain unchanged so of course the standard amount of points per your rank and how many kills you get of course but ryan how does that impact you as a ranked player going in there and sometimes people stealing your kills well that helps because like you said 10 points per assist and they up the timer which is good because there would be times where i knock this guy's shield off but then he runs behind cover, and before I can get over there, I have to fight this other player. And then the five seconds go by, and then my teammate gets the kill, and I don't get an assist. So now it's at 7.5 seconds. So that allows for a little bit more of a cushion to get that assist. <clears throat> Not only that, using like Bloodhound's um, scanning ability and stuff like that, that, that helps out a lot too. Because now I can scan a player... And my teammate takes him down while I take another player down. I get the kill for the player I took down and an assist because of my scan. So now I'm getting essentially like double the stats at once. Yeah, I agree with that. But moving along, let's talk about the best squad to play ranked with. I'm going to personally take the offensive stance on this and just say you're going for kills. You push everyone you see. And that's why I would say you would want on your team a Crypto, a Pathfinder, a Revenant, or you can substitute one of those with a Bloodhound. And that's because I believe that those players are the players that you go hunt down people with and you get a lot of kills with them. You just push people after push people. Crypto has his drone, which you can scan the... Scan from above. He can yeah, you can scan see from above multiple and scan teams. those championship banners to see how many squads are within range and whatnot. 
which is super helpful. Pathfinder has his grapple and his zipline, which is extremely helpful if you want to, if you knock someone's shields off in a sniper battle, you want to push them right away. Quick, easy way to get to them. Revenant can disable people's abilities. So if you're, say, facing another Pathfinder and they might want to get their squad out of there, hit them with that passive and they're stunned. They, they don't know what to do for the next 10 seconds when they can't use anything. That's enough time to kill someone in Apex. I mean, most of the fights I get in last around maybe 15 seconds to either die or knock all three people on the opposing team, of course. Ryan, what stance are you going to take and what characters are you going to play as? Well, I'm going to take more. So when I play ranked, I like to play for placement points. So, of course, I'm going to take a Watson. Um, I'm going to take a Wraith because a Wraith is extremely... I feel like a Watson and a Wraith really complement each other. Because if you're in the ring and you bunker down in a house with a Watson and her fences <clears throat> and even her ultimate, and then the ring starts moving and you're no longer in the ring, a Wraith can get you out of there very quickly with her portal. So then you can get into the next ring. And then I would take a Pathfinder or a Bangalore, but I would only take the Pathfinder because of the survey beacons. And then that way you can figure out where the next ring is so you can go bunker down in a house. Now, Emily did mention something like that I hadn't thought of before. Using a crypto, that's a good idea because like as you just mentioned too, you can scan for enemies around that like in a certain area. And then if let's say you figure out where the next ring is going to be and you're like, okay, I want to go to this house. You can use that crypto drone to make like see if there's anybody around there. And if there's not, then you can go bunker down in that house. So crypto is another option. But if you're using a Bangalore, a Bangalore is really, really good at being able to basically call when another team is near. Because if she gets aimed at, she says something, and she moves, what is it, 30% faster or something like that? Not only that, she's got her smoke, so that allows for a getaway, if need be. The only thing is with that is if... You see a bloodhound, and he calls his ultimate, you're not going to outrun him. I don't even think Octane will outrun him. And if Octane does, he's hitting himself with his stim so many times, he's already low, and you, you can shoot him a lot less times. However, I want to talk about if you're a new player, and say all three of you have all those characters locked. So, of course, the only characters that you would have unlocked are Bloodhound, Bangalore, Lifeline, Gibraltar, Pathfinder, and Wraith, what three of those would you use can, if you didn't have enough of those red coins to unlock any new legends, Ryan? Let me ask you that. If I'm doing that and I'm a new player, okay, if I'm a new player, I'm probably taking Bloodhound. Wraith for sure. I feel like Wraith. And probably Bangalore. Bang. Bangalore and Wraith, I think, are, <clears throat> when you're beginning, the easiest characters to use. <clears throat> They're the easiest characters to use because with Wraith and Bangalore, the mobility is unlike any other legend. And a lot of times, at least when I started, I found myself retreating from a lot of fights because I wasn't accustomed to the game. And the people that I was playing, they just... They knew the game better. They were cracking my shields before I was cracking theirs, and I needed to get away and go heal. Well, I think those two allow for the best opportunity to, because if you're Pathfinder and you use your zipline, the team's just going to take your zipline. <clears throat> and if you're a Wraith, you can take the portal, 
and be set because you know where they're coming from, the portal. Whereas if you take a zip line, they can drop at any point and circle around. So I think I think those are probably the ones that you're wanting to use. Cause, and if you need to heal, you just pop that smoke real quick and unless it's a bloodhound or they have a digital threat, they're not going to be able to see you. I agree with the Bangalore and I would also agree with Wraith. I would say a Pathfinder maybe. And the reason I say Bangalore, I'll start with her, is because she is the easiest character, in my opinion, to learn how to play the game and learn the mechanics of the game. She's a character I mained first before Octane came out. When Octane came out, I mained him instead, but by that time, I was a decent player, so I already understood the basics of the game. Bangalore has the ability to be offensive and defensive if she needs to. You can get in that gunfight, and if you start losing, you get your shields cracked, and you need to get out of there, you pop that smoke, and you run. The reason I say Wraith is for the same reason. Offensive and defensive, if you need it to be. If you're in there, you just hit your uh, passive, and you run out of there. <coughs> that is extremely helpful in any gunfight for a new player to understand how to use that. The reason I say Pathfinder is because, for again, the same reason. If your whole squad starts losing, you can get that zip line and you can get out of that situation before you <coughs> get knocked and essentially die, of course. The only thing with Pathfinder that I think for new players might be a little bit tough is his grapple. Not his ultimate, but his grapple. His grapple can sometimes be hard to use, especially like in World's Edge. So... Let's say you're, you're in a capital city and there's like the different buildings where there's the different layers and you can go into each layer. Well, some t I've seen plenty of players go to grapple up to the top and then they just go straight up in the air and come right back down and then they end up dying anyways. So sometimes this grapple can be a little bit hard to get because you see players like iTemp plays and uh, back off my janks and like you see them do these insane grapples where they like go flying a couple hundred feet and they just slide out of like out of range and then they can heal well with new players they don't understand that they don't they can't typically they can't really get that jump and grapple down so they go flying too and they can get out of range so i think as far as that part goes it might be a little tough for new players to learn because i know when i first started i uh tried pathfinder and i wasn't good at that grapple so then i mained bloodhound yeah but that's also the thing is like if you pick a character to main from the start and you have two other friends who play the game, you can't all pick Bangalore, you can't all pick Wraith. Someone's gonna have to pick one of those characters that's a little bit harder to main, and they're gonna have to learn. And that's just the way that life goes sometimes is you have to learn new things. It's, it's not that hard. If you get good at it, Pathfinder can be your main after you unlock every single character. We're still seeing him on a <coughs> consistent basis in this game being used by even streamers because his abilities are just so good. And his hitbox is harder to hit. It's hard to get a headshot on him. Right, but for a new player, I think a Bloodhound even would be easier to uh, use because it, it's pretty simple what he does. Like, there's not much skill to his ultimate or his uh, scan or anything like that. There's, like, no skill needed. So if you're a brand-new player and you choose a Pathfinder and you're having trouble with the grapple and then you're like, okay, let me try this guy and you try Bloodhound and you hit whatever button it is for PlayStation, it's L1, Xbox, it's LB. Um, if you hit that and all it does is send out a scan and there's no skill involved, that's a little bit more appealing to a new player than having to learn how to use a grapple. Yeah, I would agree with that, but 
I still think Bloodhound needs another buff. Agreed. Before you can really main him in ranked matches. Me, personally, I'll main. He's my main when I play regulars. However, when I play, when I play ranked, I normally tend to find myself playing an Octane or a Bangalore or something like that. Just those characters that have a little bit more, in my opinion, in terms of what they are and their abilities. I just find that Bloodhound's abilities, like, yeah, they're helpful if you're being offensive, but me, personally, when I play ranked, I also go for for skill points, and that's why a Bangalore or an Octane is extremely helpful. Just run away. Right. Of course, <clears throat> of course in uh, ranked, Bloodhound's not really a character that you would look at using. I wouldn't say he's, like, as bad as Mirage, but... Well, he, in my opinion, Mirage is the worst legend. I mean, oh, agreed. He, he needs a buff as well. Mirage needs a huge buff, but <clears throat> I think for ranked, Bloodhound's kind of down there because Gibraltar got his buffs, and now he's one of the most powerful characters that like they've almost ever had. <clears throat> he's basically a lifeline and a Gibraltar in one now, if you put up his dome. So he's extremely useful in ranked. <clears throat> Uh, Mirage, like we just said, is the worst legend. Octane is, if you know how to use Octane, he can be extremely helpful to the team. Uh, Watson, extremely helpful. Caustic, if you know how to use him, can be helpful. It, Revenant, if I think Revenant needs a buff, to be honest, but if you know how to use him, you can use him really well. It's just Bloodhound, I, I don't think, even with the buff that he got, the five extra seconds on his ultimate, He's just not one of those characters that you're going to really ever see in ranked. Unless somebody only wants to play Bloodhound, I guess. Then Another character that could also use a buff is the least played character, and that is Crypto. I think, I personally do believe he's better than Mirage, but for some reason more people play Mirage than they play Crypto, which is a little, a little weird to me but i guess i could see why people might like mirage because sometimes you can bamboozle people and then right. you're all of a sudden you're behind them and you just shoot them in the back but crypto is also extremely helpful if you actually know what you're doing right well i think <clears throat> see i think crypto is in ranked is more useful than a bloodhound though too and i don't understand why he's like the least used character because he's actually extremely good and I think the reason Mirage has played more than him is because I think Mirage is a more fun character to play than Crypto, but I think a Crypto is a better character. I mean, yeah, Mirage is a lot of fun. You know, he's got to get in and out of the ring. He's got to be home in time for pork chops. Who doesn't <laughs> love pork chops, right? But personally, I just don't think he's helpful in a ranked match. Oh, so no. if you're playing regulars, maybe maybe he's a fun option to play once in a while. He's just... He's not a person that I'm going to main personally. Now, don't get me wrong. There are amazing Mirage players out there who can play Mirage in every mode. It doesn't matter. But those players are a lot better than me at playing the game. So I just, that's why I have to say I'm going to pass on Mirage. Oh, yeah, I would pass on Mirage too. But I still think he's a lot of fun to play, like you said, if you're not playing ranked. If you're not playing ranked, I will every once in a while. If I know that I'm going to be Jump Master, I will sometimes choose Mirage just to land on the Mirage Voyage because 
I, I think that's a lot of fun, especially when you can send one of your decoys out and then you just sit there in like a corner or something and people just run by you and act like you're not even that, that, that I find that fun. But if I'm playing ranked, I'm never going to choose Mirage ever. There's way better characters to choose from. Well, Ryan, I think that's going to wrap up episode two of Pred Talk. Ryan, what are we going to be talking about next week? So next week, we are going to touch on the Global Series. And also, which platform is the best to play Apex Legends on? Also, just a reminder for all of you, you can follow Ryan on Twitter at capital R, capital C, MS 2020.